This episode, Malt Frozen Custard. Welcome. I'm Bruce Weinstein. I'm the chef in Bruce and Mark. Hey there, and I'm Mark Scarborough. I'm the writer. I may be the chef, but today I'm getting out of the kitchen. Because I've got a secret. As a writer, I haven't cooked a thing in years. That's about to change. Mark's headed into the kitchen. Remember, he's a writer, and he gets easily distracted, usually by bourbon. Hey, watch it. I'm doing the cooking. And I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to guide him, and I'm going to give him tips, and I'm going to judge him. And so after 25 books, he can finally say, Hey, I f***ing made that. I love malt. I love malt everything. I want all the malt that ever can be. <laughs> I have a friend. Um, she shall remain nameless, Catherine. And um, Catherine is a really good friend. And one of the reasons she and I are really good friends is because we bind uh, We bind on the malt. No, wait. We, we bond. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, oh, maybe we bind on the malt. We bond on the whole malt issue. We were driving around Vermont. I think Bruce was making us go. I made us all go to the Vermont Country oh, Store. And it dude, was... <laughs> place was awful it was also about 120 degrees oh they had the sign out front that we could park our car or the tour booses why do people misspell that word the tour booses went on another way and i walked inside and there were footy pajamas right there at the front i was like dude this is not my vacation but we found horlicks classic malt that famous <laughs> british drink and Catherine had had it before i'd never had horlicks i only knew about like carnation malted milk yeah. and Catherine, said, oh no no we have to get the horlicks we're gonna bring it back home it didn't get home because well, in the car on the way home okay. Catherine kept sticking her finger licking her finger sticking it into the horlicks and eating the malt dry yes yeah, she did and licking it off her finger all <laughs> the way back to wherever we were staying up in the mad river valley after you made me in fortunate incarceration at the vermont <laughs> country store so today i'm using that same Horlicks Classic malt flavored powder. You can also use Carnation malted milk powder. Or to, isn't there Ovaltine Classic malt? You can use malt. Ovaltine Classic malt. Yeah. And we're making a malt frozen custard. It is a recipe from our brand new book, A La Mode, which is 120 recipes and 60 pairings. Oh, well, uh, that book is just out. I mean, it's out right now. It's brand new off the shelves. We were on QVC a few weeks ago selling it, but it's now really in the stores, as they say, and wherever fine books are coming, we say, and it is a crazy book because it's... It's 120 recipes, as Bruce said, and 60 pairings. So what you get are desserts with the ice cream that go on them. And it's all designed to go together. So you're going to get things like popcorn ice cream that go on peanut brittle tarts. And really, honestly, one of my favorite pairings in the book was a apple cranberry pie with camembert ice cream. You haven't lived until you've had camembert ice cream. And it's honey. It's flavored with honey, Mm. that camembert ice cream. So you get all that classic dessert stuff going on. Okay, so Mark is making this custard already. He's stirring. So what's in that pot? Well, like you don't know. I mean, you created this recipe, so like you don't know. Okay, play along for the podcast. What's in the pot? (laughs) Okay, so I've got one and three quarter cups heavy cream, sometimes called whipping cream, heavy cream. I I actually think that there's a slight percentage difference in fat between heavy and whipping cream, but either will work. And one and a quarter cups whole milk and two thirds cup malted milk powder. And I have stirred and stirred and heated slowly until the malt has almost dissolved in the pan. So remember, you don't have to write any of this down. You could find the recipe on our website. Every recipe we do on Cooking with Bruce 
Bruce and Mark is at our website, bruceandmark.com. Right. If you go to that website, look under the recipe tab. That Right at the front page, yep. there's a bunch of tabs up at the top. And if you look under the recipe tab, you'll find this recipe and all kinds of things, including a link to buy my book. Please and buy my book. You can get the recipe in the book. <laughs> sure. So now I want to talk about that malt powder a little more oh, yeah. because that's malted milk powder. That is plain classic malt that we talked about. Right. It's not diastatic malt powder, which mm. is the malt that is sometimes sold in little packets called yeast enhancer. Yep. Sometimes you can mix that into water if you're making bagels or pretzels, and you boil them in that before you bake them. It is not that. And it's this not is malted milk powder. Flavored, right? No, no. You don't want to get chocolate. You don't want to get the strawberry. Oh, quick. Can we put strawberry quick in here? That's not malt. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But it's not malt. <laughs> it's a plastic product. So what What actually is malt? Um, well, malt is actually not a thing, but a group of things. Really what malt is, is malted grains. And any cereal grain can be malted. So it's a grain beverage. It Well, it's a grain-based product, product yep. that's swirled into beverages. Mostly in this country, barley is malted. But what happens is they let the grains sprout underwater. They put the grains underwater and they begin to sprout. And then they instantly dry them with super hot air to stop the sprouting. And it also toasts them. Yep. And it toasts them and it dries them out completely. And then they grind them up. So it is a sprouted grain that has had a specific malting process so keep in mind it. it is not necessarily a gluten-free product no it is, it is not it can be but it is usually not it is not right. right and sometimes they mix things together like you know wheat berries yep. and barley and they can malt all kinds of cereal grains yep, they can okay so now you've got that all warmed up and heated up so what's your next step um well i'm going to Beat four large egg yolks and a half a cup of white sugar and a quarter teaspoon of salt in a bowl with an electric mixer at medium speed until the ribbon station. Now, Ooh, they, what's that? There's a culinary cliche <laughs> for that? you. What's that? I know the what it ribbon is. Stage. I'll tell you what it is. I know, but it's going to take a while. So maybe we ought to make a cut. Okay, and then after the break, I'll explain what the ribbon stage is. So I'm still beating away. And while I do this, why don't you explain what the ribbon <laughs> stage actually is? So Mark is trying to get these thick enough so that when he pulls his beaters up, the mixture falls back down onto the top and creates little ribbons that then settle back in. And let's say, turn to off beaters. Oh, yeah, yeah. You turn your beaters off and then you lift the mixer up or you will have ribbons all over <laughs> the walls and the cabinets and yourself. Nice. So you turn the mixer off. You That's lift, the confetti stage. <laughs> you lift up the beater and you watch how it falls back in. If it falls back in in some little stream, it's not ready yet. If it falls down in ribbons that sit on top and Wide pile ribbons, up on each right. other and then slowly go down, it'll also lighten in color a lot. And you'll know it when it happens. Well, you will. and But you watch that so that when those big ribbons fall, as Bruce says, back on top, they don't dissolve into the mixture right. below instantly. They kind of sit there for a minute and right. slowly start to dissolve. So this looks pretty good, right? This looks great. And yeah, that took you, what, four or five minutes? Yeah, well, that's with a stand mixer with a whisk attachment. It can take longer if I was using a handheld mixer. Yeah, those handheld mixers don't quite give you the power that those right. stand mixers do. So now... We need to temper this egg mixture with the hot milk so that the eggs don't cook instantly. This is surprisingly controversial, but <laughs> go ahead and say what we're going to do. So the way we're going to do that is while you're going to turn the mixer back on, and while that's going, I'm going to pour about half of this hot milk mixture 
into your beaten egg mixture in a slow, steady stream. And we're going to keep letting that beat till it's well incorporated. So now what we've done is we've raised the temperature of those beaten eggs very safely. And now we're going to pour it all back in to the hot milk mixture, raising it even more. And we're going to set that whole pan back over a low heat and stir it until it gets to a very specific point which we'll talk about. Okay, so here comes the controversy about the tempering. There have been articles written, especially on Serious Eats, about how tempering for ice cream is bogus. But we respectfully disagree, heartily disagree. Here's why we still do it. They say you don't need to temper because you don't need to heat the milk. And the reason they say you don't need to heat the milk for ice cream production is because milk is already pasteurized. It's already heated, the milk that we sell. So it's already been raised to get a certain kind of taste in it. I disagree with that. Pasteurizing milk in the U.S. is what? It's at 145? 145 or 150. Yeah. 145 for 15 seconds yeah. or 161 for 30 seconds. That's exactly what the pasteurizing process is. The 161 for 30 seconds is the super ultra pasteurized milk that you can buy. But we're actually taking the milk a little hotter because we want to get fizzy bubbles around the outside of the pan so that we can get that slightly scalded taste. Right? It's a cooked it's, flavor. Well, we're, right. we're, by heating the milk first, we're giving it a cooked flavor. And that cooked flavor will never happen in a jug of pasteurized milk. So we still believe the heating is necessary, right? It, yeah slightly bitter notes, earthy tones, milky flavor, right? And besides even the extra flavor that it adds, it's a way of cooking eggs to guarantee you don't scramble them too quickly on the stove. Well, but the there's way, a whole temperature. But thing they're going suggesting on. that you don't ever need to do this. And basically, what Sirius eats and others are suggesting is that you just use cold milk and eggs, and you whisk it together, and, and you put it over a low flame, and you start cooking. And yeah, basically, and it's it's fine, and you can do that if you if you're low enough flame and you're you're assiduous at whisking. But I really think that the, the heating of the milk, especially here, we're yeah. adding malt to it. We may be adding yeah. vanilla beans. or It adds levels of flavor. Yeah, exactly. And we're infusing flavors into it as we heat, even like, let's say, a vanilla bean with vanilla pods. And, you know, back when we wrote our book, our first book, The Ultimate Ice Cream Book, back in 1999, we had some ice creams in there that weren't custards. They're called Philadelphia style. Which Basically, we'll get to this summer. Philadelphia style ice cream is just cream, sugar, and whatever flavoring you're using. But we found in testing the recipes that if you just mix cream, sugar, and the flavoring and then freeze it, you get a less complicated flavor. You get less depth of flavor than if you heat that cream and milk to almost scalding first. You're giving it a cooked flavor. So even if there's no eggs, you're not making a custard, you still want to do That's this right. process. That's right. And so basically what we're saying is Sirius Eats claim that milk has been heated enough in the pasteurizing process to give it that flavor is bogus because we're taking it actually higher than that. Yeah. The boiling point of milk is almost exactly the boiling point of water yeah. within sometimes a fraction of a degree. It's not even a degree off. It's a fraction of a degree depending on the amount of fat. But we're saying we want to take it higher for other reasons. So while we've been talking about all this, Mark has been stirring this custard mixture in his pan over low heat. And he's not there yet, but he's getting really close. 
Um, so while you're getting close, I'm going to talk about one of the big innovations we uh, did in ice cream recipes in our book, A La okay. Mode. This is where we depart company in our A La Mode book from every other ice cream maker. So go. We talk about taking the temperature of the custard. Yay. All anyone ever says is to coat the back of a wooden spoon. Mm. And what does that mean? Well, you're stirring it with a wooden spoon. You pull the spoon out. You run your finger over it. If you see a clearly defined line with custard above and below it, it's done. It's not done enough for us. And I want to push that custard as far as I can so it's as rich and coagulated as it can be oh. without curdling. Wait, okay, so let me also say that, that that line that you draw on the back of the spoon is hard to adjudicate. And it's hard to see what is the right line. And sometimes you're such you're so close to the, as you called it, coagulation, <laughs> that y- your eggs can actually scramble That's while right. you're trying to figure this out on the back of a spoon. So I decided when I started testing recipes of the book that... I was going to take it as far as I thought was great and then take its temperature. And what I found that for almost every custard in the book that came to 170 degrees. Right. It's 170. And we should say that eggs start to scramble at 160. So you can see we're above at 170. We're 10 degrees Fahrenheit above. Yeah, but the sugar protects it sometimes. And, more and the malt is protecting it here. It's the starches yeah. like flowers Corn or other starch, things. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's so, help. Mark, take its temperature, and he's going to use my favorite tool, the laser thermometer. I love a laser thermometer because although it only gives you surface temperature, as you're stirring, it gives you temperature throughout the whole thing. If you only have an instant read meat thermometer, you can hold it down into the pot, but don't touch the but bottom or sides. make sure you clean it first because you're not making beef-flavored Yum. ice cream or pork chicken-flavored ice cream. If you put your thermometer <laughs> away without cleaning it in the first place, you deserve what you get. Okay, so... I'm, I'm I'm taking the temperature, and um, in using a laser thermometer, I just pointed at it, but I'm going to stir a lot yep. so that I can really see down into yep. it, not just at the surface, and I'm at 168, which means I'm really close to that 170. I'm going to stir for another round or two and then get this thing off Perfect. the heat. However, it's not ready for the ice cream machine yet. Ooh. I know. See, the thing is, you can't pour a hot custard mixture into an ice cream machine, because oh. if you're pouring it into an old-fashioned machine with with ice and rock salt, well, your hot custard is going to melt that ice and rock salt right away. Yum, salt if, water. If you're pouring it into a machine where you stored the canister in the freezer overnight, you're going to thaw the gel in that canister immediately. Ew. Soup. Yeah, soup. And if you have an electric compressor machine, you're going to strain that compressor so hard trying to chill this Yum, down. That burning grease. Yum. So we have to chill this custard down before we could freeze it. Right. So we're going to put this in the freezer refrigerator and all those certain ice cream mavens say you don't need to chill the custard because you're not trying to ripen it i assure you we're not trying to ripen it it. we're not trying to ripen it we're trying to chill it but we are going to explain that next yeah is it ready yet almost so we chilled down the base um i should say here we come back to it. There are some silly articles online and in print about how you don't need to chill the base. So what? They want you to take that mixture we just made and put it right in an ice cream Well, machine. mostly they're not heating anything. So they're using all raw stuff. Raw well, milk, raw eggs. Raw, kind of. Okay. But if you haven't heated the milk, you don't have to chill the base as much as we have. But even if you're working with a bunch of room temperature ingredients, let's say you're making a Philadelphia-style ice cream with some peach jam and some milk and some cream. And that's all you're doing, right? Easy. And you're making an easy ice cream. You still should chill it down off room temperature. Absolutely. Why? Because when you put a cold mixture into the ice cream machine, 
It freezes that much faster. It spends less time in the machine, which is less time having air churned into it. That is the art. That is the balance, the trick, the, what do we say, the Brooklyn artisanal craft of ice cream making. Absolutely. Is how much air gets churned into the machine. In, and we want as little as possible, right? Yep. And we will talk a lot more about that in the weeks ahead. But for now, we're going to leave it that we're chilling the base so we can get it frozen as quickly as possible and get a little bit, but not too much air into our frozen custard. Right, and if you don't know, this whole summer is Frozen Fridays, and so we're doing frozen things, and we're going to be talking Every a lot about ice creams. Yep. So this looks pretty good to me, right? Oh, you're so impatient. Uh, it's frozen custard, so where is my spoon? Here's your spoon. I guess we're going to eat this right out of the machine. Okay, listen. There are two kinds of people. There are skimmers and there are savers, and skimmers bring a carton of ice cream home from the supermarket, and they open it up, and they skim that rim, and then put it up in the freezer as if no one's ever touched it. I am a skimmer. I'm not a saver. I don't save. Okay, but what about my whole tasting and judgment thing? That always comes first. Yeah, you go over there in a corner, and you do that. I'm eating ice cream. Okay, well, I'm going to eat it, too. Oh, my my God. Mm. Okay. Oh. That's really good. Mm. Um, I'm sorry you're not here, Catherine. You could stick really your finger good. in this and lick it off like you did in the car with the malt powder. Oh, dear Lord. This is so malty. It's so malty. It's like, you know what this needs? Uh, a cheeseburger and fries. I should say that this is so smooth. Yeah, it's rich. It's incredibly smooth because it's frozen custard, which means it's cream with eggs, not yep. just milk with eggs. So it is so smooth and velvety, and you get that great malt taste. You know that taste where it kind of seizes up just slightly <laughs> in the back of your tongue from the malt? Oh, this is fine. Okay. Frozen Earlier in the, in the podcast, I said that this was paired with a very specific dessert in the book. And now it is time to tell you what we pair this with in the book. With a bacon maple walnut pie. That's right. Bacon in a pie. Yeah, I How fry the it? bacon, and all that rendered bacon fat goes into the pie crust, and then the crispy, crunchy, crumbled bacon goes into the filling wow. of the walnut pie, which is sweetened with maple syrup instead of corn syrup. Wow! And it is the best thing with this malt frozen custard ever. Oh, but for now. All I can say is more malt frozen custard, more malt frozen custard, more malt frozen custard. I've created a monster. This recipe for malt frozen custard is from a brand new book, A La Mode. You'll also find this recipe for this frozen custard on our website under the recipe tag on bruceandmark.com. To hear us cook through more recipes, catch this podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, every Friday. And if you want to hear us debunk the biggest culinary myths out there, what are we up to, number 31 at this point or something? Check out Cooking with Bruce and Mark every Tuesday. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating wherever you find us and subscribe. It's the only way iTunes rates podcasts, and it's the number of subscriptions that helps more people find us. Stick with us and share us. So check it out. Malt frozen custard. I I don't even have a snarky ending today. I'm just eating the ice cream.